You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Before we get our wheels all greased up this morning and rolling on down the road with the show, I want to give a shout out to our sister company, J Hill Marketing and Creative Services, and in particular, their new book editing division, Bookmark. Bookmark allows you to retain your copyright without sacrificing professional execution, all at a fraction of the cost. Get going. Head on over to J Hill Mark. That's J Hill Mark with two L's dot com. Write your book today. I met my guest today of all places on Facebook online. That's sarcasm duly noted for everybody who's tuning in regularly, because that's where I meet a lot of my guests. And I'm very blessed in that regard. Sarah Griffiths is a woman who has dedicated her life to helping people overcome trauma. And we are talking today, well, we're talking today about many things, but we're going to dive in today about the link between trauma and physical health. We're going to get into addiction and what every single person has in common with addiction which I didn't know before I met Sarah and before I started researching what she does. She is in particular a sexual abuse trauma expert and hypnotherapist at sallyg.com and comes to us all the way from the UK. This is an important episode because so many people are seeking to get over their trauma. They're seeking to move past their trauma And I think it's fascinating that she also uses hypnotherapy to help people recover their lives. And in many cases, and hopefully all cases, to find a better life than the one they were living. I'm excited to talk to Sarah today and start delving into the reason why we can't move from trauma sometimes. And it might be as simple as we don't know how. This is why we need people like Sarah. So let's get going. Please welcome the fascinating Sarah Griffiths. Wow, thank you so much. What an amazing introduction. I love that because you're so clued up. You you have such a good handle on this and uh, what it can be and what I do. And I just love that. That was brilliant. Oh, wonderful. And it's so pleasant to listen to you tell me that in your amazing voice. <laughs> in, in my British, my very British accent. Yes. I love it. I love it. So I'm so glad you're here today because I think you're going to give people massive insight into moving forward. But before we get to that, let's talk about how you got to today. Oh my goodness, that's such a long story. So I'll just give you the short version. So everything that I know and teach today comes from my own experience. And basically, I've gone through a whole range of shifting and continuous development um, over the last nine years now, Um, nearly nine. And it all came from, okay, so the pivotal moment was nine years ago at the age of 45. 
when I was suicidal. I attempted suicide because of the way I felt about myself, which came from childhood bullying. So I was 45. I got bullied at school for being poor. And it affected me. It was like a trauma. It affected me. It made such an impact on me that I then went through my whole life until 45 with absolutely no self-confidence, no self-esteem, no value, and, and just loathing myself and thinking that I was a complete waste of space. And, and this is what trauma does to us. Um, and But then instead of, luckily, instead of committing suicide, I made a decision. I made a decision that what had happened and what I had been told was not going to define me. I, I realized that I wasn't that person and that I was going to find a way to overcome this. And really, it was the last nine years nearly now of my journey of self-discovery, professional development, personal development, absolutely everything, um, my learning, taking me into coaching and mentoring, and then into hypnosis and helping people with addiction, mental health and trauma. And I tell you all that just so that you understand that I'm not just someone that decided I was going to do this, went and learned about it and then just thought, who can I help now? All of this has come from my very own real experiences, learning um, who I became, my journey, and it became my passion and my purpose. And, and that's how I got here. So it's very real for me. Very real. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so what's also amazing, though, is that there was some sort of catalyst within you to move past your pain and really flip it into, I don't want to say victimization. I hate that word. I really do. I think it, I think it implies that people aren't doing what they quote unquote should be doing and should is another word that is a no, no, but you moved from letting this pain harbor within you for decades. Yeah. Until you said, I'm not going to do this. What was that catalyst? I think it was the fact that, okay, so I, I, I tell this when I, when, I, when I do speaking, I tell my story. And I tell the story of how I had decided that I was going to commit suicide by driving into a tree um, at, at speed. And I'd actually okay. started this process. So I'm in my car driving at speed towards a, towards a tree, thinking I'm going to kill myself. I'd left a suicide note and everything. This was very real. I was in complete despair over myself. And I suddenly had this thought that if I did this, my boys, who were 14 then, I had 14-year-old twins, would never recover and it was it was just that split second thought that caused me to just swerve the steering wheel miss the tree and it, it was a switch that flipped and i i just sat there in disbelief at what i had believed about myself 
what I had let this be. And I just, I decided, I told myself that I was going to do something about this. And I was going to find out who I was really meant to be. And at the time, I didn't even know what that meant. Because up until that point, I'd lived believing something about myself. And I had never done anything about it. And this is important because I didn't know that I could and that I should. And this is... Yeah, that's yeah. that's huge. That, that's hugely important. And there are so many people stuck in trauma. There are so many people living one incident for years. Yeah. And this this overflows into trauma that manifests in the physical body, so physical and mental disabilities. I don't want to say disabilities, challenges. Um, but we, we're also going to talk about trauma that happens to sexual abuse survivors. And what you have said is is very important in terms of providing hope today that you don't have to remain stuck. But before we move on, I just want to issue another disclaimer because we're going to issue a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode as well. There are going to be triggering topics. Some people are going to trigger hard and you need to make sure that you're in the the mental headspace to be able to hear what's being said. And if you're not, the responsibility is on you to say, I can't handle this message today. Maybe I'll come back and listen to it another time. Personally, I would like to see us do less of these disclaimers as we can more, as talking about trauma is, is more accepted so that we can move past it. But in any regard, Let's dive into trauma and being stuck in trauma so that you can talk to people about how to get out of it. Yeah. So for me, when I got to the point, of, obviously I did a huge amount of personal development and I opened, my, I opened a couple of businesses. So I, I had huge shifts um, in who I was because I was managing people I was training people and then I started coaching people. People started to come to me for coaching because of who I was. So this was this was an this was an amazing incredible shift that I had achieved here. And what I realized was when I looked back over my own journey that it had been very long and very painful. And what I wanted for anyone that sought my help was a quicker way. I thought there has to be, we, we, we cannot be, it cannot take six or seven years. I'd already mm -hmm. lost all the time between the age of eight and 45. And then it took me another six or seven years to get over it. I thought I don't want my clients to have to lose all this time. So I started to research a faster way, faster way than standard NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. And I found this particular method of hypnosis, combining it with NLP and CBT. And it was telling me that the results with this are outstanding for these very difficult traumas 
post-traumatic stress, mental health, depression, anxiety, sexual abuse, all these things that leave people feeling so wretched, discarded, not good enough, rejected, worthless. There's a whole list of adjectives that go with that. And it's traumatizing. And talk therapy just takes so long. But hypnosis, hypnosis is a game changer. It is so fast, so fast at dealing with these problems. And the reason why, why, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the problem with trauma and these events, if you think about, if we have a major event, now I don't want to detract or put down any horrific event that anyone has been to. So don't take this out of context, but it's not the event that's the problem. Over time, the memories of an event fade. But what doesn't fade because of the way our mind works is the way it leaves us feeling about ourselves. That is what gets absolutely embedded, entrenched, and becomes our thought process of habit. It, we, we adopt it as who we are and what we think about ourselves, and it runs our life. And the reason hypnosis is so incredible is because the basis of the hypnosis with the tools that I use is that we focus on how do you feel? How do you feel about yourself? What, what perception do you have about yourself? And in hypnosis, we change that perception. So if someone, because when someone goes through a trauma as a child, what they feel as a child is they feel powerless, they feel vulnerable, rejected, unlovable, they feel guilty. They're manipulated, they've got no choice, no power. You, you can relate to all of this. And that is how they see themselves, because actually that's how they are. But as they move through life and become an adult, that perception doesn't change. The, the logical mind doesn't just suddenly say, oh, well, that's a load of rubbish because I'm not that person anymore. I've got choice, I've got power, I've got this, I've got that. Oh, yeah, so I'm a completely different person now. Logically, yes, you would think that could happen, but it doesn't. Because what runs our, our thoughts and our actions and our habits every day is what is deeply entrenched about who we think we are and how we think about ourselves. So I use hypnosis to show someone the root cause of why they think about themselves like they do. And then I show them that they're not that person anymore. And we do a, a variety of upgrade tools that just makes this so, so fast. And very quickly, people see themselves differently. So they act differently, they think differently, and they can put what has happened behind them because they understand that the perspective they were seeing it from doesn't apply anymore.
And that's it in, so a, this is a, in a nutshell. So this is a quick, this is just a quick dip into the subconscious to say we're reprogramming you yeah. to some degree. Are you using aspects of NLP to accomplish this? I do. Okay. Yes. So an, an NLP, and we want to just have a brief explanation of what that is for people who are listening and don't understand it, is neuro-linguistic programming. Yep. But this is where I want to hand it off to you to explain what exactly it is. Okay. So neuro-linguistic programming, it, it's like I was saying, um, our mind is is like a roadmap. Our, our thoughts and things that happen regularly, they create a thought roadmap and 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 that direct that um dictates how we see ourselves what we think about ourselves um and the action that we take and over time that becomes fixed but it can be changed and what neuro-linguistic programming does it attempts to speak to the logical mind to change how you see how you see things how you feel about things it's talk therapy that's what it is. But what is deeply, deeply embedded in your subconscious is all these thoughts, perceptions and feelings that you have about yourself. So whereas NLP... Okay, so you're... Go oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. No, N N NLP alone and CBT, Cognitive Behavior Therapy, will speak to the logical mind. But hypnosis is about the subconscious which is all the emotion and your subconscious knows everything so we open up the subconscious it shows us what we need to see about why you think about yourself in a certain way and then I use the tools of NLP and CBT to change how you see yourself yeah. Okay, so this is this is very powerful, and a lot of people don't. I don't want to say a lot of people. I don't want to assume things about people, but unless you're working in this field and in this capacity, you may not even understand that there is a way to deploy your own powerful brain to help you heal. Absolutely, yes, that's very well put. And when you do understand it. There are very, very powerful ways that you can actually collaborate with your mind. When you understand how your mind works, particularly your subconscious mind, and how it's affecting every area of your life today, when you understand basic rules of the mind, you can actually use your mind and collaborate with your mind to totally change how you see your life, yourself, and your future. It, it's a collaboration when you understand. Yeah, that's that's a great observation. Yeah, but as you say, so it, you wouldn't know. Most people don't know. No. And it's as simple as you don't even, it, it, what I've learned about hypnosis, and it, it's not very much, so I recently underwent hypnosis and unleashed that subconscious uh, person inside, if you will. But there's there's two questions that come to mind, mm -hmm. Sarah. And the first is, how do you know 
that hypnosis is working and that you're just not talking out loud or kind of going along with it? Is there a way uh, to yeah, differentiate so, those so we, two? We test for suggestibility. It's not difficult to put someone into hypnosis. Um, and, and we test, I always test that they are by making suggestions. Um, I mean, all this stage hypnosis stuff about clucking like a chicken and things like that. These are, these are just very brief suggestions that show me that the client is in hypnosis. Um, but it, and it's, not, it's not difficult to get there, but the client will respond differently because the client is going to see and perceive and experience things differently in hypnosis to when they do in a logical state. So I'm going... Okay. okay. So they can bring up, okay, so they, so if they're suggestible, that's a huge component of it. And if they're suggestible, then they can move into that subconscious and allow that subconscious to speak. So it's really about being willing and, and and moving forward in that capacity. If you're going to be stubborn kind of digging your heels and say well this isn't going to work for me you're probably not going to find that it's almost like going to therapy too because you can go to therapy for years and years and years but until you decide i am going to participate in this it's not it's not going to probably have the effect that anyone can be hypnotized and anyone can be deeply hypnotized and it can be hugely beneficial but personally, I, I would never work with someone who didn't want to be hypnotized because you can stop yourself. Again, it, it's participation. It, it's, it's a joint venture between me and the client to get the best outcome for the client. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You're in a, you're in a new supportive environment in that capacity. Yeah where you're supporting the person while they're also coming willingly to you. And some amazing things can happen when you, when that is the case, you are like, you're rewriting your self-talk value. Well, so is there such a thing as having an idiopathic physical condition without there being an associated trauma? Or is that just a bunch of baloney? Is there always trauma associated with our physical? There isn't always trauma. Obviously, some people have physical conditions that are physical conditions. But in my experience, there are many, many physical conditions that are exacerbated by trauma. Um, Especially, and obviously, there's the mental health is, is huge. I mean, most... Most mental health problems come from some kind of trauma. Honestly, depression, so, anxiety. And so the, that is, yeah, it, it's the rewriting then as a result of that trauma, yes. isn't it? Of how we think of yes. ourselves. And, and, and how you see yourself in the world, what your life is worth, what you can achieve, the point of your life, the point of yourself. Um, and obviously, when you've been through a trauma like sexual abuse, this is a huge one, anxiety for people, because they're living in a constant state of fear and anxiety. Um, 
but anxiety can also develop just what you know when when people don't have a good home life when they're constantly told that what they don't do is good enough or this constant shouting because there's no consistency there's no surety no security it causes anxiety of course it does and and you can see that um but the physical conditions that i come across um especially with autoimmune diseases um you know mm-hmm. things to do with the bowel and fibromyalgia is a huge one because fibromyalgia is stress based and lots of these autoimmune diseases are i worked with someone recently who had terrible fibromyalgia she could hardly walk and when i started working with her i said to her don't worry about your fibromyalgia because as we start working and we work through your levels of stress and we remove them your fibromyalgia will go now she laughed at me and she didn't believe me but after about 6 weeks working with me and we did a, a couple of sessions in that time bit of coaching in between um and and she cha- she was brilliant because when we uncovered what her stresses were she really did something about them and it was a few weeks after i stopped working with her she rang me up and she said I suddenly realized that I'm not taking my fibromyalgia medication. And she didn't even she didn't even uh, believe it. it. Yeah. Yeah, really. And so it and this maybe speaks to you have those one snap hypnosis sessions where sometimes it feels like you're just you're just reacting and you don't even know if you're actively participating this is why it's important to engage in multiple sessions so that you can get past that i mean i'm i'm suggesting this based on nothing based on the observation of talking to you that it seems like we need to do this multiple times to really dig into what are these subconscious reasons that we cannot heal yeah look it's interesting because i i have done quite a lot of one session things with people where where they have wanted something specific um and my sessions i mean they're very thorough they're a 30 minute pre call the session itself is 90 to 120 minutes then they get a bespoke recording to listen to to really um to really help redefine those thought processes over the next 21 days it, people get a lot um but the reason i like to do more than one session especially when we're talking about trauma is because it has so many aspects to it you know people who've been sexually abused they've got so much going on they they've got to let go of their anger they they might have to deal with a toxic relationship with um a close parent who didn't believe them they've got to start to feel safe so they've got to overcome anxiety they've got to learn to develop um loving and nurturing relationships they've got to learn to trust people so it's complex you know there's a lot going on whereas if someone just comes to me and says i don't understand why i'm angry all the time we can we can uncover that we can do a lot of work on that in one session um but the other thing i find is as well even if people think they just want one session they shift after the first session and so now they've got something else 
now they want help with okay so who am i in this new situation you know so so you're helping them so you're helping them detach from who they are and and the reasons that they are there so for example sometimes we may stay stuck and there's a variety of reasons that we we stay stuck it's what we tell ourselves but it's also because we're getting the wrong rewards yeah isn't that kind of accurate that is that is absolutely accurate and not to put anyone down or not for this to be a bad thing but just for people to recognize some people will say that they want help but they actually don't because they're kind of stuck in mm-hmm. victim mentality because as you said they are being rewarded for being the victim they are getting let's say a lot of attention they're getting money they feel like someone is loving them you know um people just get stuck and as you say it's because they are being rewarded in some way for where they are and when people start to consider healing and not being in that situation anymore for some people it's just I don't know who I am without that I I wouldn't know who to be you know what would I do if I wasn't and I wouldn't Sure. And, and and I don't know, do you have to replace those rewards? Or do you just say, nope, cold turkey, you don't get those rewards anymore and you got to kind of figure it out? Or yeah, well, is, is that what it is? I know the, the rewards are going to replace themselves. and But this is what people can't see. And change is hard. Change is hard because one of the rules of your mind is your mind loves what's familiar. Your mind is one of the main jobs of your main rules of your mind is that its job is to keep you safe. And the best and easiest way for it to keep you safe is to go with what is familiar. So if you start to make a major change in your life, and this is important to understand because this is where you can start to collaborate with your mind. Sometimes people start to make a change and it feels really scary. And they just pull back and say, no, I can't do it. But it's very different if you start to make a change and it feels as if it's positive to you and you understand that the reason it feels really scary is because your mind's job is to keep you safe. And that means keep you stuck because your mind doesn't care if you thrive or not. Your mind just cares if you're alive. Does that Makes sense. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just seems like our minds are just kind of like short changing us a little bit. We don't really. <laughs> they are. Because on, on so many and, levels, you see, our society and our culture and everything has totally changed, but our DNA has not. Our DNA and our minds still still react as if we're living in a cave and there's a saber-toothed tiger around every corner. So if you take a step mm-hmm. out of line mm-hmm. of where you would normally be, your mind reacts to keep you safe. That's the easiest way to explain that. 
And it is why every time you try to do something new or different, you will get a reaction. And it's to keep you where you are. Because it might not be the best place for you, but your mind knows that you're alive at this point. Does that make sense? That's an easy way of explaining it, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. And it, it's almost like um, so many people advise to rip off the Band-Aid. Just change. Just go from this to this. But what I hear you advocating for and what makes sense to me is to support that change within yourself. So don't go blindly into it and say, you know what? Uh, it's almost like seeking forgiveness within yourself or trying to forgive somebody who's not going to give you an apology. You, you, Yes, you can move forward and say, I declare, I am going to forgive this person. But unless you actually do the work, unless you get to the root of it and understand that forgiveness is for you and not them, unless you don't have that support, it's likely not going to work. And these are massive shifts that we're making, talking about moving from victimization to victor. And what seems to be missing with some of these surface coaches is they're not providing the appropriate mindset support. Because people don't understand, like that information that I just shared, if you want to make a big shift, make a big shift, but understand that your mind is is not going to work with you. Now that's fine, as long as every time your mind gives you an alert that says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, understand, my mind does it to me. I mean, I'm shifting and changing all the time, but I'm at the point where something comes up in my mind and I just say, oh, okay, yep, thanks, I acknowledge that. Thanks for that warning, but I'm okay, I've got this. Now, that's okay for me. I can do that because I understand what's happening. But if you try and make a giant leap and your mind is working against you, you are going to assume that this is way too dangerous, way too difficult, and that you would better settle back down where you were. So by all means, make a big shift, but understand how your mind works against you. And then learn to collaborate and, lay that and foundation overcome down. what it is instinctively telling you, basically. When you understand how the mind works, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and seek out a professional like yourself who can help you make that mindset shift and who understands how the mind is programmed and can help to unlock that. So for if you're listening today and you're stuck, Sarah, I want to ask you to advocate for that type of person who is listening today and who is stuck. And what is the very first step that they can take to start to move okay. forward? Well, I think if you're, if you're stuck, from, from what I know and my experience, all of us are stuck due to something in our past. So we all have hopes, plans and dreams and things we want to do. You know, I, I will get female entrepreneurs come to me and, and they say, I can't understand why I can't launch my business. I've done my training. I've got this. I've got this. But I can't, I can't start. What's wrong with me? And they're really, really upset. 
and when they work with me and we do I, we do regression we do controlled regression so i just take them back it's very gentle and take them back and show them why they were stuck and normally what the because the subconscious knows everything so we'll ask the subconscious very specifically why is it that so and so can't start her business why is she so afraid we'll ask and the subconscious will it will either bring up feelings which we work with which is brilliant or, or it will bring us up actual scenes and often they will be scenes where the person experiences feeling not good enough or being laughed at for speaking out or being told to shut up or or feeling insignificant and what we know is that these feelings are not a one off this is how they feel about themselves deep down and that is the block and then we do the whole upgrading processes one of which is the that's not me amongst others and we change Ch- change change how they see themselves and and once they see it the block is gone and they can plow ahead and do what they were going to do so feeling is the foundation we need to identify that yeah. feeling so you're telling yourself it's like self talk values in a way is what is what i'm hearing that i think i am this and we get to that subconscious to say well Okay, so you think you're this, but is that yes. true or not? So maybe today, taking some time to think about the story that you're telling yourself of who you are and the different messages that you're hearing in your life too, because I think this has to do with having a toxic circle and being around people who are reinforcing those negative truths that you believe about yourself. It's almost like uh, somebody in your circle announcing your worst fear and then reconfirming it for you over and over and over and over again. And it's very hard to detach from that when that is your environment. Yeah, and especially when it is your underlying belief anyway or something similar. Yes. You know, because a lot of the time people... People who come to me, they don't know what their block is. They don't know what they think about themselves. They don't know what has happened. Um, you know, People who have a fear of public speaking or presenting, invariably we go back and they've been laughed at um, or they've been told that they're ridiculous. Or, so they have this fear of rejection, of getting it wrong, and they don't understand that this is what is going this this is the thought process that their mind is using to keep them safe. So it, it's like what I was saying about how the mind works. So the mind has taken all this information from years ago, created a pathway to keep you safe. So whenever you think about doing something that might lead you to that kind of pain again, even though it's unlikely because you're not that person, your mind doesn't work in that way. Your mind just blocks you from taking that same action until we literally tell the subconscious that you're not that person anymore. Thank you for keeping me safe, but I don't need you anymore. I don't, oh, that's I don't, good self-talk. Yeah, I don't need I like you to that. do that anymore. That's literally what we do in the hypnosis. We're literally saying to the subconscious, thank you. 
there's a there's a tool we use it's all about the role and the purpose of what the mind is doing and we remove it and tell the mind that we just don't need that protection anymore because we're not that person and what we really want instead is this yeah so it's reprogramming so and a lot of to you know and i've run that in depression a huge part of navigating depression has to do with the inability to trust oneself in making any decisions because you have been disappointed by decisions that you've made in the past probably predicated on who you believe yourself that, to be absolutely that has it that has a huge role to play huge role to play i mean depression is is multifaceted it has lots of reasons behind it um but um one of the one of the biggest factors in depression is our own negative self-talk oh, because mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. are Absolutely. if you think about it we are our own harshest critics no one is as harsh and critical with us unless we're living with narcissistic people that happens but on the whole no one is as harsh and critical about ourselves as we are and our negative self-talk is a massive factor in depression that's why with this form of hypnosis that i do i can treat depression You know, and I think depression, too, can manifest in different ways, like sarcasm. Um, so it'll be sarcastic talk that we might share about ourselves, and sometimes then we get a laugh from it. We get a laugh from that self-deprecating humor that we share. Is that a sort of reward? Yes, well, and, but it's a reward that keeps you stuck, because all you're doing is using it... Mm -hmm to confirm something that you think that actually isn't true. Yeah, and that's scary. That's scary that we have the power in both ways. So you have to be you have to be responsible with the power. So now as we wrap Sarah, I want to ask you what is your favorite success <gasps> story? Oh, goodness me. Okay, so I mean there are lots there are lots, and I, I do have some really, really good ones. But just recently, I had an amazing one um, that we did. It was three sessions, just three sessions of hypnosis, a little bit of coaching in between. And it was the lady who came to me, and she originally came to me about her weight. So we're talking about her weight, and then it transpires that she also has a drinking problem. And then she starts to add into that this toxic relationship with her parents that she wants to heal. So we've got all these major, major things going on. But over the course of just three sessions, we dealt with her weight problem. She started to eat really healthily, went, started going to the gym and um, started to lose weight and everything. She stopped drinking. And she let wow. go. We did some work on it. She was, her parents were both narcissists. And I made her see that she was holding on to her relationship with them. And it was all an illusion about what she could have with them. She was holding on for an illusion. And it was never going to happen. And once she saw it was an illusion, she totally let go of what she 
thought she had with them, she realized she'd never had it and never would. And it was the most incredible transformation. It totally changed her life, those three sessions. So that wasn't sexual abuse, but it was incredible abuse when she went through some of the stuff that had happened at the hands of her narcissistic parents. And basically what I did, the whole basis of everything was teaching her to love herself. She came out of those sessions absolutely in love with who she was because she let go of the illusion of her narcissistic parents and realized that she was amazing, incredible. They were horrible people and that she could be, do and have everything she wanted. And she just claimed that. She stopped drinking. She started eating healthily. She claimed what she wanted. It was amazing. That's amazing. That's incredible. And that is such a hopeful message for people listening today. Sarah, I want to thank you so much for being on. We really got deep. Uh, we really we really pulled on our galoshes and jumped in the trenches, and I'm so glad we did. Um, I don't want to say it's normalizing these self-destructive patterns and, and suicidal tendencies and things of that nature in conversation. But the more that we take away the power, the more that we can heal. Yes, exactly. And do you know that the interesting thing about that, there's a wonderful phrase around that. And that's why I love going through these things about the mind and how the mind works, because understanding is power. How much more power do you have when you understand how your mind is working, both for you, but against you? and how you can change that and make it work for you. That's real power. Yes, it, and you yeah. can control that. That's the amazing thing. So many people think they don't have control over anything, but your control is in who you say you are and who you believe you and are. And the fantastic thing around that, do you know the one thing in life, the only thing that we have total control over is our thoughts? Our thoughts are our own. And Amen. we can control them all the time. And uh, and then we can have anything that we want that's meaningful to us, to our hearts, to our spirits. You, you can use them to direct you in whatever way you want. You can use them to control your temper so that you always respond rather than react. You can use them in your decisions. You can Once you understand the concept, that you are totally in control of your thoughts and that your thoughts are running your life. That is a very, very powerful thing to have in your hands. And you become a superhuman, much like yourself. Oh, thank you. And I want to thank... Yes, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you. It was brilliant. I, I love to impart that kind of information because I think it's so useful to people. What people do with it is up to them, but it's life-changing. It, it, even just understanding Absolutely. some of these concepts is life-changing. But to actually do the work, oh, just amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. So today's episode, the keyword is belief. And the words I want to leave you with today so that you can start your day out on the best foot are ones of hope. And they come directly from Sarah Griffith's Facebook page. 
you can achieve total emotional transformation. Every emotional issue, no matter how deep or traumatic, has a solution. So you do not have to accept your past as your future. Remember, no matter the roots of your pain, that you absolutely do have a future. And you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your future to check out who that person is. You owe it to yourself to detach from the pain. You owe it to yourself to find that common thread in your life that brings you joy instead of the familiarity that you may be holding on to because it gives you the wrong results. Massive thanks to Sarah Griffiths today for coming on the show simply to help people feel better and to nudge them lovingly into moving into their very best future. To get in touch with Sarah, please visit her website at sallyg.com. And a reminder to head on over to jhillmark.com. That's jhillmark with two L's. Check out our book editing division bookmark. If you're interested in self-publishing a book, we know a whole heck of a lot about it. You keep your copyrights, never suffer any professional execution since we use the same high-level platforms as the big houses and all for a fraction of the cost. That's the distinction of using an editing house versus a publishing house. Hope to see you over on the site soon. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. We're out of here. Until next week, be well.